Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Friday, January 6, 2022. Facebook notifications came up, came late. Um, no, actually, Don, he says that on YouTube, I started late. <laughs> I was meeting with uh, our organist for Sunday, who's uh, new to us. He's going to try to play for us once a month or so. And um, and so I was just running a little late. So no, the Facebook notifications are just fine. <laughs> it's just me. Uh, let's see. Today is the Feast of the Epiphany, but we actually recognized that on Wednesday because we were going through continuous readings from Matthew. So we observed it on Wednesday, but it is the Feast of Christmas for the Gentiles, right? With the visit of the Magi. So if you have uh, Eastern friends, they also consider this today um, Christmas Day. We call it Epiphany, they call it Christmas Day. Uh, either way, it's fine. And uh, let's see what we're going to say about that. Oh, you'll actually see reference in some of the uh, more Eastern of the hymnody. So those coming from the more Orthodox traditions, uh, especially early 5th, 6th, 7th century hymns, um, Latin chants, for example, or not Latin chants, but Greek chants, you will, um, you will hear references to epiphany being uh, well for example in the hymn that we're that we've been singing all week today is the birthday of our king all right i'm told today uh, we're in 2023 instead of 2022 i suppose that's true as well <laughs> don't mind me 2023 all right whatever year it is the days move on i suppose i'm maybe i'm already living in eternity let's just say that i'm living in the resurrection already uh, what what year is it? Doesn't really matter. Okay. <laughs> so let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Yes, you can say Merry Christmas again today. Um, I've been saying Merry Christmas all all week. Even last Sunday, though, uh, it's funny how many people push back on me. <laughs> to, to me. Not Christmas, it's New Year's Day. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Matthew 7, right? Memory verse. Let's say it together. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and to him who seeks, or to he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 8. Our psalm this week is Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you have established strength because of your foes, to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? and the Son of Man, that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. 
all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, Catechism for the Week, Seventh Petition. But deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition in summary that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation. And finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. Conclusion, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What does this mean? This means that I should be certain that these petitions are pleasing to our Father in heaven and are heard by him. For he himself has commanded us to pray in this way and has promised to hear us. Amen, amen means yes, yes, it shall be so. Yay, yay. (laughs) The old translation. All right. Uh, One second. I'm going to expand out this first reading a little bit. A couple more verses. All right. Make it a little bigger so you can see it. Those of you following along on screen, there we go. First reading, and this will come to bear, especially on our reading from Matthew, uh, is from Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning in verse 10. Hear the words of the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and ransomed him from the hand of one stronger than he. Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord. For wheat and new wine and oil, for the young of the flock and the herd, their souls shall be like a well-watered garden, and they shall sorrow no more, or no more at all. There we go. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old together. For I will turn their mourning to joy will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. I will satiate the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. Thus says the Lord, Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, For your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. I have surely heard Ephraim bemoaning himself. You have chastened me, and I was chastened like an untrained bull. Restore me, and I will return, for you are the Lord my God. Surely after my turning I repented, and after I was instructed I struck myself on the thigh. I was ashamed, yes, even humiliated because I bore the reproach of my youth. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For though I spoke against him, I earnestly remember him still. Therefore my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, says the Lord. Set up signposts, make landmarks, set your heart toward the highway, the way in which you went. Turn back, O virgin of Israel, turn back to these your cities. How long will you gad about, O you backsliding daughter? For the Lord has created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall encompass a man. I feel like we should study Jeremiah. All sorts of interesting things happening here. 
in this prophetic word. All right. Um, we'll talk more about it as we look at the gospel text, okay? So keep that in mind, and then we'll come back to it. Matthew 2. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now, when Herod heard, or when Herod was dead, and behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came to dwell and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. All right. So uh, let's work through this and then we'll come back to Jeremiah because it's cited directly, right? Uh, who ordered the slaughter of the boys in Bethlehem, two years old and under? It would be Herod. Uh, why? Why did he order that? Right? It says he was deceived by the wise men, so outwitted by the wise men. Of course, that was under the Lord's direction. They were warned in a dream. Um, and though, and so he would not be led directly to the child. Herod uh, does this, um, what do you call it, buckshot kind of <laughs> approach, right? Scattershot in order to kill all the baby boys uh, in Bethlehem and the vicinity. Um, but he's strategic, you know, according to the, the time ascertained. Uh, when were the firstborn males not killed? Think of the story here with Egypt and Joseph. That would be at the Passover, right, in Egypt. Um, how about Old Testament births in Bethlehem? We've got uh, Benjamin, of course, was born in Bethlehem. Rachel died. Obed, the father of Jesse, was born in Bethlehem, who would be the father of David. We see that in Ruth, Ruth chapter 4. Of course, the birth of Benjamin is kind of the key backstory here for this, especially with the Jeremiah quote, right? His mother, Rachel, died in childbirth in Bethlehem. Uh, remember what Rachel had called him, not Benjamin, that was what uh, Benjamin, that's what uh, Jacob called him, son of my right hand, right? But Rachel wanted to call him Ben-Oni, son of affliction, right? So actually in Benjamin, we see both Bethlehem and the baby boy, right? Life comes out of death, um, just as the true son of the right hand would bring life by his death to the sons of men. So the life, Benjamin, his life came out of the death of his mother, um, Rachel. All right. So then verse 18, of course, we have this quote from Jeremiah chapter uh, 31, verse 15. Um, and uh, we should look at some of those things again, because you'll see how they bear uh, witness here. Uh, by the way, this is all given to Jeremiah while he slept. So this is these are words that were spoken to him uh, while he was sleeping. Uh, sleeping, of course, is a euphemism for death as well, right? Uh, particularly, let's look at verse 10 and 11. What are some things that are said here, right? Here, the Lord is offering, or Jeremiah is offering the comfort to us that the Lord has given um, 
that he will redeem Jacob, right? The Lord has redeemed Jacob, that is, buy him back, ransom him, right? Pay the ransom due from the hand of one stronger than he, all right? So we have this being saved from their sins already being, uh, and being shepherded, you know, uh, Israel being shepherded like a flock, all of that right here in Jeremiah 31. So that's fulfilled in Christ, of course. Um, look at verse, well, we also have the promise of restoration here, 12 through 14, 15. Look at what comes right after the quote. There's the quote, but look at what comes right afterwards, 16 and 17, right? Refrain your voice from weeping, right? And your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded. They shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future and your children shall come back to their own border, right? So even the slaughter of the innocents at Bethlehem was here, according to Jeremiah, a sign of hope, not just a sign of death, but a sign of hope for this redemption. Yes, um, you know, just like um, Simeon says to Mary, you know, a sword shall pierce your your own soul also, right? Yes, it will be difficult. Yes, there's going to be death and suffering and misery. And yet, through it, God is going to work um, a good thing. So even what Herod means for evil is used for the good of those who love him. All right? Uh, And then notice here at the end, this is one that you probably haven't heard before, I imagine, or not very often. Set up the signposts, make your landmarks, set your heart toward the highway, the way in which you went. Turn back, O virgin of Israel, key, virgin, turn back to these your cities. How long will you get about, O O you backsliding daughter? And then notice, for the Lord has created a new thing in the earth. This is the birth of his son, God the Son. A woman shall encompass a man, right? So there's a confession of the womb. This is a sign of the Lord's redemption, and it will come by the woman, right? Whom the Lord will grant a new thing, right? Virgin birth. It's all right there in Jeremiah, right? So Matthew's citation isn't just because of the tragedy of, you know, the death of the holy innocents here, Uh, which is foretold in verse 15, but that through the death of the innocents, you have the preservation of Jesus and the confession that life is going to come out of death, right? That's all right there. All right, how did Joseph know when it was time to go back to Israel? (laughs) The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, right? Sounds familiar. Um, How did Old Testament Joseph return to Canaan? Right? So remember, we compare contrast. Sometimes, some things are like Old Testament Joseph, some things are quite unlike Old Testament Joseph. Right? Remember, Old Testament Joseph um, preserves the, both his family, well, all of his family, right? All of his brother's family um, by being the prince of Egypt, which God had set up for him and providing grain there. But it also ultimately results in exile and in bondage, slavery, right? And the death of, the, of all the sons of, of, uh, of the Hebrews, right? Moses being spared. All right, so that's different than this, where um, Joseph will only be in exile for a brief time in Egypt. Um, It does preserve the life of his son, his one son, and then, um, but he's restored, he's brought back, right? Um, And he's brought back alive, which is different than the Old Testament Joseph, who actually died in Egypt, and he made the sons of Israel swear in an oath that they would take his bones back to Canaan uh, with them. And they don't do that until after um, they're released from their exile in Exodus 13. He was carried out of Egypt after the Passover. So Joseph doesn't get to go back home until long after his death, right? And his bones are returned there, right? Actually, I think he was embalmed, wasn't he? Yeah, he was embalmed <laughs> by the Egyptians. Well, you know, when when in Egypt, all right. 
normally you just lay in state until your um you know your flesh decayed and then they would just gather the bones and put them in an ossuary and take that back right this is why um, cremation doesn't make sense to me um because with cremation what they do i mean there's no biblical precedent for it um because the bones don't actually burn in cremation only the flesh so that part seems okay um, but then you would collect the bones and store the bones and bury the bones. But instead we bury the, we crush the bones into a powder and mix that with the ashes of the flesh and then bury that. Um, it's a strange burial practice. Very strange. I don't, mm, not quite sure what I think of it actually, but there you go. All right. Uh, but he doesn't, when he's going back, he does not go back to Bethlehem. All right. It seems like they pretty much camped out there. That's where they were going to stay. There must've been work. Um, it was the town of his family. Um, and so here, according to Matthew, he's warned um, not to go back there. And he takes Jesus and his mother back to Nazareth. Um, oh, by the way, when Joseph returned, the Old Testament Joseph returns to Canaan, um, dead, of course, just his bones. But um, how was he returned? How were they guided back? Uh, Exodus 13. We should look at this. This is actually quite relevant to what we're hearing here. Matthew is quite dependent. Well, I think he's trying to show that Jesus is all Israel, you know, in one person, right? So um, let's see what it says here. So they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So as to go by day and night he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people, right? And then with the Red Sea, um, the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. So now God's angel stood behind the people of Israel between them and Pharaoh and his host. And the pillar of cloud went before them from before them and stood behind them. So I think maybe you missed that. Is that it's not only the, the cloud that obscures... Um, the Egyptians from assaulting uh, God's people as before they go through the Red Sea, but also the angel who goes before the cloud. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud of darkness to the one and it gave light uh, by night to the other so that the one did not come near the other all night. But it says the angel of God who went before the camp went with that cloud. Um, so we still, so having the angel of the Lord appear to Joseph in a dream uh, that is, I think it really does harken back to this story as well. All right. So again, they go to Nazareth of Galilee. All right. And then uh, kind of a curious statement, right? I'm oh, sorry. I have problems here. Uh, it said, oh yeah, he shall be called a Nazarene. What was Matthew saying when he um, called Jesus a Nazarene? Right. I don't know that this has um, exactly anything to do with um Samson, right, who was a Nazarene, didn't cut his hair. That was part of their tradition, right? Um, most have suggested here that what's actually in mind is he shall be called, uh, if we were going to do it, a Nazir. So Nazarene as in Nazir, all right? So you can see that on the screen. Uh, Nazir is the Hebrew word for branch, branch. So uh, you've heard lots of language about Jesus being a branch, Isaiah 11, right? There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Isaiah 14 as well, right? Um, and all the kings 
of the nations, all of them sleep in glory, everyone in his own house. But you are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch, like the garment of those who are slain, thrust through with a sword, who go down to the stones of the pit, like the corpse trodden underfoot. All right. You will not be joined with them in burial. Right. So this is a, this is a um, pro- prophetic word of, of Jesus' resurrection, right? You will not be joined with them in the burial because you have destroyed your land and slain your people. The brood of evildoers shall not be named. Prepare the slaughter for his children because of the iniquity of their fathers. Right? But you are cast out of your grave like an abominable branch, which is an interesting thing. Um, and Jeremiah, actually, I think that was speaking maybe more of, of Satan, right? Who is the Antichrist, abominable branch. All right. Uh, but of course, the most famous is Jeremiah 33, not 31, but 33. In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness on the earth. Right? The name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. So there doesn't seem to be a direct Old Testament quotation, but if we understand Nazarene to be of the Nazir, the branch, um, then I think there's plenty of precedent, right? Both from Isaiah and Jeremiah. Jeremiah would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Since he's already quoted Jeremiah, verse 31. Matthew paints for us the picture of the one who is the new Moses, the savior of his people, Israel. Just as Judah and his brothers had intended evil for Joseph, so now Judah's descendants in the person of Herod were desiring evil for Joseph and Jesus. Once Egypt had attempted to destroy the line of the promise, but now Egypt was protecting the infant Christ, who came to save Egypt and all the nations of the earth. Even this evil from Herod would be good for as Jesus would turn their sorrow into joy through his work of death and resurrection. Here is the righteous branch who rose up to overthrow the abominable branch who is named Lucifer. Oh, there you go. So Isaiah 14 is referring to an abominable branch, which is the opposite of the righteous branch, right? All right, there you go. That makes more sense. All right, let's sing our hymn. Uh, and I was, as I said before, we I was meeting with our organist. Um, she had not heard this one before. And so uh, I think she'll be quite thankful that you've taken the time this week to learn it uh, so that you can sing it out uh, joyously and abundantly um, to even help the organist play it. <laughs> I know the kids are looking forward to it. I've been singing their alleluias all week.
Jesus, very light of light, our constant star and sense deep night. Now hear the prayers your people pray throughout the world this holy day. Alleluia. Remember, Lord of life and grace, how once to save our fallen race. You put our human vesture on and came to us as Mary's son. Alleluia. All right, that's good for today. Today is the Epiphany of our Lord, so uh, maybe a brief meditation here. The Feast of the Epiphany of our Lord commemorates no event, but presents an idea that assumes concrete form only through the facts of our Lord's life. The idea of Epiphany is that the Christ who was born in Bethlehem is recognized by the world as God. At Christmas, God appears as man, and at Epiphany, this man appears before the world as God. That Christ became man needed no proof, but this man, this helpless child, is God, needed proof. The manifestations of the Trinity, the signs and wonders performed by this man, and all his miracles have the purpose of proving to men that Jesus is God. Lately, especially in the Western Church, the story of the Magi has been associated with this feast day. As Gentiles who were brought to faith in Jesus Christ, the Magi represent all believers from the Gentile world. All right, so again, the emphasis being uh, Christmas, we celebrate God becoming man, and then uh, in Epiphany, we have revealed to us, our eyes are opened to see with light um, that the child is God in human flesh. All right, both God and man. Let us pray. O God, by the leading of a star, you made known your only begotten Son to the Gentiles. Lead us, who know you by faith, to enjoy in heaven the fullness of your divine presence. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, you made your beloved Son, our Savior, subject to the law and caused him to shed his blood on our behalf. Grant us the true circumcision of the Spirit that our hearts may be made pure from all sins. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. All right. We pray today for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. We pray this day with the households of our church especially Michael, Terry, Jesse and Lisa, Scarlett, Timothy and Amber, and Jeffrey. We also pray for our catechumens, for those ill receiving treatment and recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Walt, Christopher, Dan, Brad, and Ron, Marla, Betty, Pat, Merlin, Heidi, and Dick. Pray for our homebound, Ed, Paul, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially the work of uh, urban ministry in Southwest Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin District. South Wisconsin District, there we go. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Uh, Especially with Lori, Karen, Chris, uh, Mom and Dad, Don uh, Don and Karen, Gus and Eileen, uh, Michael, Vicki, all of you checking in on the chat, those of you watching later in the day, those of you listening to the podcast version, greetings to you as well. It's good to have you. Tomorrow we will uh, do some preparation for Sunday's uh, readings, which is Boy Jesus in the Temple. So one of uh, his epiphany appearances, uh, probably less widely recognized. I think often the baptism of our Lord gets celebrated on the Sunday after the epiphany, um, or uh, some congregations probably will celebrate epiphany this Sunday and the baptism the following Sunday. Uh, But since we have our Wednesday service, it provides a great opportunity for us to uh, recognize more of the feast days, right? So so we can have we have Epiphany on Wednesday, we'll do Epiphany 1 on Sunday, we have the baptism of our Lord next Wednesday, and then we can do the second Sunday of Epiphany, that is the wedding at Cana, um, the following Sunday, right? Otherwise, you might actually lose the wedding at Cana and the boy and Jesus in the temple, which there's a lot that can be learned from that text. And um, so tomorrow morning, we'll begin to do some preparation to help us with that. And uh, yeah, so pray with us in the morning, and I hope to see you then, 9 a.m. God be with you all. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.